This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Welcome back to the show, Nirvana Sisters family. I am thrilled to have a good friend of mine, Alana Fine, on the show today. And this is following up from last week's episode where we talked about 2022 trends in well-being and beauty, et cetera. And one of the trends we talked about was fin empowerment, which is an interesting term for, I guess, financial well-being, financial wellness. And so we wanted to bring Alana in to teach us all about the investing business world because I definitely um, don't know as much as I should. I know enough, but I definitely am always looking to get educated in this space. But let me tell you a little bit about Alana before we introduce her. So she is currently the CEO of VWG Wealth Management in D.C. She has served as the Executive Director of University of Maryland Dingman Center for Entrepreneurship. So she's really been about around the entrepreneurship business and investing world for a long time. She began her career as a technology consultant with Accenture and also worked in investment banking at Bear Stearns and Revolution Partners. Also, she served as an adjunct faculty member at the Smith School of Business at Maryland and a co-host. And she also had a podcast, which we'll hear about later, called Bootstrapped. She's been listed as a tech titan by Washingtonian Magazine Power Woman in Tech by Tech Biz Now and one of 50 on Fire by DC Inno. She also earned a BS in Finance Magna Cum Laude from Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland, an MBA in Finance and Accountant from University of Chicago Booth's School of Business. So she's clearly very well qualified to be telling us all about what we need to do about taking care of our finances and making sure that we're looking at things in a holistic way that doesn't stress us out. So welcome to the show, Alana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So we want to start out the show just to take a step back and talk about our Nirvana of the week. So Alana, it's something we just do every week to kind of take a step back, think about our week, what brought us joy, what brought us that little spark of joy. Um, and I will hand it over to you. Katie. Yeah, sure. First of all, I just want to say hi, Alana, and thanks for being here. This is really exciting. Um, I definitely can I use some advice in this sector. So this is all great stuff for us. But my weekly nirvana, I think it happened last night. I had a little moment. Uh, I've been a bit under the weather, as Amy and Alana know. And last night I was laying in bed, not feeling so great, just kind of down and pathetic and pitiful. And so to lift up my spirits, I went <laughs> around my house and collected like all my favorite things, like, you know, my Buddhas and my crystals and my, you know, all these little things that just kind of perk me up and bring me joy. And I just surrounded my little corner of the bedroom with them. So they were all in my eyesight <laughs> for whatever reason. It perked me up and it just kind of helped me focus on what's important and stop my pity party. So that was my moment. What about you, Amy? That's a good one. I think this week I didn't really have one specific moment, but I did feel a lot more, I would say, joyful this week because last week getting back into the new year, we were all recovering from COVID. There were snowstorms. The kids were virtual at school. And it was just kind of like I wanted to start out the week 
but the whole, I wanted this to start out last week being like fresh for the new year, but the whole week was just a blur and like awful. I just like didn't feel connected to anything. And this week the kids are back. Like I'm banging out work and just like feel a lot more energized. And so that has brought me a lot of joy because I feel like I'm back in the zone. What about you, Alana? Yes, Amy, I totally felt that same way last week too. Like it was hard, hard week to start on those New Year's resolutions. Uh, My (laughs) Nirvana moment was um, actually did a lot of cooking on Sunday night and kind of preparing for the week. My son, um, who Amy knows, um, which is actually how I knew Amy, um, is got really into cross country and track and he decided he wants to do more meal prep so that he's oh. eating better throughout the week. Um, kind of need to get some calories on, on those and that guy. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it kind of inspired me just in general, because he was doing that just to do a little bit more on like, you know, meal planning and getting, you know, ahead for the week. And, um, so I, while everyone was doing their thing on Sunday evening, I think I had three different things, cooking and music playing and a nice glass of red wine. Oh, um, and it just made that. me feel kind of exactly like you were saying, Amy, because the week before just felt a little out of control and not exactly what, how I wanted to start the year. I felt like this was kind of a way to get back a little bit into control. And I'm not someone who like necessarily does a lot of cooking, but it was nice to just be in, in the kitchen cooking and feeling like I had checked off a number of things That's uh, nice. before the week even started. That's so nice. Wait, so did Ari cook with you? He did a little, yeah. He was he made some 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 chicken and some you know, uh, sheet pan chicken and broccoli and some, and some rice, and then he had, had his little containers and had it all ready. For That's a, great. For yeah, I need to do that. I've always adorable. wanted to do that, and I've never yeah. taken the time to give it a shot. But I know a lot of people that do, and they say it makes the week go by so so e- so much easier. And also, you're very healthy because it's boom, it's yeah. right there. You just grab what you need to go. I know. I feel like I went through phases of doing that and it is so much easier, but yeah, you just got to get your head around it and do it. And then you're like so happy during the week to have done it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to get into a couple quick fire questions. So Alana, I gave a little bit of your background, but why don't you kind of give a quick intro to the audience of who you are and all your fabulosity? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Amy. Yeah. uh, Yes. Thank you. So I feel like I'm someone who definitely has had a bit of a circuitous career but every kind of what's been underlying all of it for the most part has been uh, has been really involvement in in finance and kind of the finance and investment world. And so even starting, I started my career at Accenture. I was doing uh, I was doing uh, consult technology consulting. I would say I should back up the kind of intersection between technology and finance. So I was doing technology uh, at at um, at Accenture and then went on to uh, to business school at University of Chicago where I uh, it furthered my furthered my education in finance and accounting, did an internship at Bear Stearns, uh, actually summer of 2001 before wow. September 11th. So it's an interesting time to be in, in that space. And then actually ended up because of uh, September 11th, after business school, joined a uh, startup investment bank out of, in Boston that focused on mergers and acquisitions and uh, and venture capital fundraising for technology companies, uh, mostly venture-backed technology companies. Was there for six years. Uh, left when the firm exited, when the firm was sold, and then spent a couple, a little bit of time at home. I had uh, young twins at that time, and then through a very strange way, was connected to University of Maryland uh, to for a position to run their angel investor network, um, which we can talk about. Kind of angel investing as you know, one sphere of getting involved in 
you know, startup companies and investing in startup companies and then ended up really enjoying it. I'm a, I'm a Terp. And so I loved it. As you can, you're on video, you can see some of my, uh, <laughs> my pictures in the back. And so I love being on campus, kind of a great work-life balance, have young kids and uh, ended up being, had an opportunity to actually run the Dingman Center of Entrepreneurship, uh, which I did uh, for about eight years and then felt like it was time to leave, time to just get, I'd been in academia for a long time and felt like it was time to get back into the private sector and had an opportunity. I had been a lot in my career doing advising companies, so both on the consulting side and the investments making side, and then extensively um, running the entrepreneurship center, I was working with hundreds of student startups and regional startups in the you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia area, which is great, but I felt like, you know what, I want to be in an operating company. And so a role came up um, at BWG Wealth Management um, through one of my uh, board members at the Dingman Center. And it just felt like the right time, even though I've not been in the asset, that's one kind of silo of, of um, finance that I had not been in is the wealth management industry. So felt a little, a little hesitant being so far out of my comfort zone, but my job is really to to uh, to run the company versus advising necessarily on on investment. So that's my I joined the firm as a COO and actually was just re um, was just promoted to CEO. Uh, just yeah, I was going to say congratulations. Ago. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so that's I, I I just feel like so throughout, like I said, I've just had the opportunity to work with um, a lot of companies and also a lot of entrepreneurs uh, around you know, all around um, the finance and investing space. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm sure you saw so many cool ideas working in entrepreneurship for so long. And your space is like the complete opposite space that I'm in, which is more of the creative and marketing. And so this world always interests me, but it's to me very intimidating. And I'm sure Katie can speak on that too. And I think to most people that are not in that space, women or other, it's like, you hear these words and you're like, what does that mean? And I don't want to sound stupid saying the wrong words. And so I'm so glad you're on to kind of give us like the 101 on what we need to know. And I will say, Amy, like that is actually like the one of the reasons I've started talking about this idea of women and financial self-care and financial well-being is that I saw these really interesting similarities and not interesting and, and not great um, similarities between the venture and startup world and the investing world. Because when I was in working with a lot of entrepreneurs and um, at when I was at Maryland, we tried to do more for to get women and minorities in entrepreneurship. And there was that this gap of, OK, uh, basically all the investors were white men in their 50s and 60s, which is a lot of who the investors are in kind of the wealth management investing world. And it's these two places where they're just not a lot of women and places where women just haven't, don't feel familiar with um, the vernacular, the vocabulary and feel really intimidated. So just like a woman entrepreneur who feels like they go out to raise money, they don't feel as comfortable. You're talking about their, the finances of their startup business, which are exactly the most, you know, usually some of the most important questions um, an investor is going to ask. So um, that's for that reason, Amy, I just feel like women, I want to be helping women you know, feel more comfortable with. Who were some of your personal mentors throughout your career? So I would say, and it's interesting, um, the, when I, I joined a firm um, called Revolution Partners, which Amy had mentioned, and the two owners of that firm really, I think, um, ended up being probably the most impactful mentors to me, um, both, both men, um, not necessarily women. I don't actually feel like 
I don't know in thinking about that that I've, I would have one woman um, mentor that stands out, fortunately. But um, I feel like they were starting their business and they had been worked in. Anyway, I don't need to give all the background, but they just while watching, I had the opportunity to watch them over a period of six years, you know, grow their business. Um, and work as as partners. And also it was, you know, for me, kind of after business school, just when I was learning, actually, I feel how to be in the business world. So like they just always offered little tips here and there. Like, for example, and I always tell this to new employees I have on my team is like, if you're invited to a meeting, you better make sure you say something. Like <laughs> if I bring you to a meeting, yeah. I don't care how hard it is, like, or say to me ahead of time, like, what am I going to say in the meeting? So now Every meeting I'm in, I say to somebody, you know, what's my role in this meeting if I'm not the one, you know, leading it? And so just along the way, working with them for for that period of time, I feel like I'm often um, thinking about things that that I learned. That's I nice. Learned from, I, I from feel them. like you were noting that you didn't necessarily have a female mentor in your career, but you're kind of stepping in and filling a gap that wasn't there as, as a thought leader and a woman in the space doing that for others. So that's, that's really amazing. So one of the things, Alana, that we were talking about in the financial wellness and like empowerment space was this report that we were researching called Pinterest Predicts. And they were talking about this trend of empowerment and so letting financial freedom ring in 2022. So people taking money manners in their own hands as they set out on new journeys towards financial literacy, specifically with millennials, driving the searches behind investment tips, financial education and investment property for beginners. So some of the search terms or searches on Pinterest were investment tips, passive income tips, financial education, financial planning, bullet journal, and um, investment property for beginners. And so all of those were up anywhere ranging from like 50 to 200% over the last year. So I found that to be really interesting because it seems like just from my observation that people are getting more comfortable um, maybe not talking about it so much, but looking at other ways to invest and thinking about ways to diversify their portfolio versus just like, oh, the traditional 401k. So I guess like starting out, um, I know obviously you do more than just this, but just from like a 101 best practices, if someone's listening that's young, like what should they be thinking about as they're growing their wealth? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think first of all is, I would say a lot of people think immediately about in building their wealth that they have they have to know everything about you know stocks and bonds and the markets. And I think yes, it's fairly important. Like you should know the basic terms. Like you should understand uh, the difference between a stock and a bond. You, know, you should understand what the different in stock indexes are and what that means to be you know following the market. You should understand what. A mutual fund is and how that's different for you from a tax perspective versus maybe better than owning you know a single stock you should understand those things all that being said and i'm not trying to like give a pitch necessary for industry you don't need to be the one actively you know managing your portfolio for a lot of people it's like stay in your lane you know for all of us and you know when you grow businesses it's like what do you do best and what you know outsource the rest but you want to make sure that you're informed enough that you can, if you have a financial advisor or you want to do things on, you know, online that you know what you're, that you can protect yourself. So I think like that's like one in the kind of the investing world. But where I think people don't spend enough time is more on like the personal finance world of understanding, you know, what's available to you. So, you know, when you think about understanding interest rates, you know, understanding why, 
Um, why was it a really good timing? We we refinanced our house two times, and one once in 19 and once in 20. Um, but understanding why is important important when you see written interest rates going down to check and do the math to to feel right refinance your mortgage. I mean, and what does that you know what does that mean? Um, and what does it mean as you follow? You see, in, you hear you hear about interest rates going up or down. Well, what does that mean for existing loans you might have? What does it mean for your your, your credit cards? Like, how does kind of that macro environment in, in impact your personal finance? So I think that's really under important. Um, other things that I think people or you know women particularly don't pay a close enough attention to, and we need to understand is what are your workplace benefits? you know, that impact your finances. Do you understand your 401k? Do you understand what your company is matching? Like if you can, you know, if you can't max out your 401k, which you, you should certainly try to do, but if you can't at least max out, you at least put in enough to get your employer's match. That's just free money, right? Right. Um, other things like healthcare savings accounts that people have at, you know, understanding the tax implications of those things um, are really important. Uh, understanding your um, estate planning. What does that mean? Like, have you checked off and put a beneficiary on your 401k? Uh, um, You know, do you understand like the tax implications of the things that that you're doing? Those are the things that on a day to day can make a real impact. But I don't think that people think about those things often and probably don't educate themselves um, as often, I would say, particularly women. And I think that's a part of you know, what we talk about of empowerment or financial self-care is like those are the things that you need to do to take care of your finances so they don't create stress like all the other things. And, you know, the, the whole goal of wellness is to try to take you know, kind of stress out of your life and like be living a better life. And sometimes, I mean, most of us just don't mm-hmm. think about that part of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably just like set it and forget it and like don't even really reassess it because it feels, to your point, like intimidating and overwhelming. So like in that vein, it's funny that you say that about these these tips and tricks because obviously I'm on you know social media a lot and listen to a million bazillion podcasts. And there's a lot of young TikTokers that are doing bits and pieces on financial advice, like and it's like a 30 second, have you checked your this today? Or, yeah. And I think that stuff is really helpful, especially for me where like, I don't know a lot of the stuff. Most of the stuff I've learned in this space, I feel fairly educated because I learn it from my husband because he's so deep and knows everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm always learning from him and asking questions, but I also feel like those little pieces of content help me. But what kind of resources would you suggest using? Yeah, I think that all those, I think... It, Anything, right? Like first start, start somewhere, right? So even yeah. if it's just turning on, you know, CNBC in the in the background, in the background. Um, I I follow, you know, Elvest. I think is a great site to understand, um, you know, some personal finance, understand the markets a little bit. And you know, I think that their social media um, presence is really strong. Um, I do think, like, I think that kids are learning a lot more in personal finance and financial literacy is now being integrated into the schools significantly more, I think even in Montgomery County where we live, where it's going to be, um, I think, a bit more integrated into the curriculum. And so kids are learning and they hear about, I think the kids are, our, like kids, my, I have 15 year olds, uh, probably are being exposed to more than, certainly more than I feel like our generation was, but even mm-hmm. the millennial, millennial generation as well, because of so much on social media and because there's now this intersection between 
the business world, the sports world, and the tech world, I think they're seeing a lot more how that kind of all ties into finance, particularly when you see like like the all the meme stocks. So the kids understand what happened mm-hmm. in GameStop because they because they, they yeah, know Jackson, about it. I think yeah. both, both oh, Jackson great. wanted yeah. to buy some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they I mean, they are following they're interested in in cryptos and they want, you know, they want they want their own Bitcoin or, you know, Dogecoin. They want to they they hear about these things and then they go and they have the resources to go find it, which I think we didn't have. We couldn't just click through and say, oh, what is that? Let me ask. You had to ask somebody. And to your point, Amy, you feel like this asking did I asking like you didn't asking a dumb question. And I don't think women were like taken under their wing to say, Hey, make sure you get good life insurance, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that I think, you know, people probably did. Yeah. That's, I, that's what I was going to ask. I think modern day technology is making it easier. So it's just more accessible. I mean, I, I know I had a financial app at one point that was just like helping me monitor my savings and like really simple things like that. And to your point, what you were saying earlier about what they're learning in school, when I was in high school, the most financial advice I was given by teachers was how to write a check. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was all I was taught. <laughs> so it's pretty <laughs> bad. Which I write, of course, our kids do not know how to write. They're like, what's a check? Yeah. So you mentioned crypto. Yeah. That my husband, I hear him talk about it all the time. And him and I have talked about it. He's explained it to me a little bit. But what are your thoughts on it? And and for the listener, explain what is crypto, NFTs, all that jazz. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. uh, I think, so I think that it's right now, I think, depending on your, you know, depending on your you know, net worth um, and your ability. I mean, there crypto will have cryptocurrencies will have a role to play. You know, in um, in our economy in some way. Who know? You know, the value of it is kind of. I think will continue to fluctuate. And I think there's like sixteen thousand different cryptocurrencies out there. Um, and you know, the, the the idea that it's just it's it, the, the idea behind. I mean, the, there's there's two parts of it. One, the, the technology of the blockchain, which I am not going to even try to attempt to to explain, but all of us will eventually need to understand. But the idea that there's like a ledger of record that you'll be able to go and kind of that is you know anyone you'll be able to access, so that no matter where you are, like if your healthcare records are in the blockchain, you know, versus having to go that there's like a that, that there's a you know kind of this virtual um, system of record, um, that will, can be used in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think that, and it's not necessary. I think for cryptocurrencies, I think people don't really know what they'll, how they'll be used yet. I mean, it's almost like the internet, right? Like, it's like, it started, you're like, there's this thing out there that, you know, people were largely like, you're using for porn, you know? And so like, and then it turned into a way to, to do a million different things. So I think crypto will probably, you know, be that way you'll be that way too. I think there are some really interesting, you know, if you look at the way, um, you know, the NFTs, which is a non-fungible token, um, and there's been a lot of big, you know, a lot of buzz about it because you've had these these pieces of art and, or articles or tweets going for like all this crazy amount of money. But I do think there's some interesting, you know, some interesting, you know, applications of NFTs because, you know, so much value, you know, value kind of is lost along the way, like a piece of art, you think about it, you know, the art that's been sold over and over, the artist only sees that, you know, that value once, right? So if you're able to kind of um, essentially embed some value, 
um, in a way that is never lost wherever that piece of art is transferred. And that artist is able to um, almost have be able to be able to capitalize or monetize on what they've created later on. I think there's some applications there. Should the everyday person, you should only be investing, I would say, in any sort of cryptocurrency if that's money that you can lose. Like you should, I, I think that is the best way. And is and if you're using it to learn, I think that'd be the best way too. Like I say that a lot with, you know, investing in um, in startup companies sometimes. Like, you know, that's money you have to, you have to be willing to never see that money again. And you feel like you're investing in that startup because you want to learn something about that industry for, you know, for example. So um, that's great advice. So I, was, so, no. I don't know if that totally, I don't know yeah, if that totally no, answers I was, your question. Yeah, I was I was mentioning this when we were talking about this topic uh, prior in the prior podcast that we have a lot of startup investments and some others and the startups are just things we like or things we want to learn about. But one of the things that I did specifically was invest in a firm last year so I could learn. It was a women run venture fund led by these two women who are sort of serial entrepreneurs because I believed in them, but also I wanted to understand it because we as a family have investments, but my husband really leads them and kind of, I ask a lot of questions and I learn about it, but I'm not managing it. And this one I'm managing, I'm actively like reading about it. So it's helping me to learn more about the space. But I did have a question about cryptos. My understanding with cryptocurrency is it when you buy it, does the value of it change like all the time, it's very erratic. Is that the whole thing why you don't know what you're getting? Like, how does that part work? I don't really understand. I think, well, the value is changed. The market is just very unstable right now. And there's nothing, oh, you know, there's also nothing. It's, you know, like, well, there's nothing backing up the value of the currency other than the supply and demand for the currency. So like mm -hmm. the, you know, there's, the whole kind of mining of the coins, right? There's a limited number of coins that are created. I don't exactly understand. Right. You know, there's some also ESG, which we could talk about also, like the impact of that, some implications of the power that and energy that is used to yeah. create the coin to mine the coins. But it's any it's it, it's just like any time you have your know, markets are volatile volatile, as we can see right now. When there's just a lot of uncertainty, and I think that the the ongoing ups and downs of the various uh, of the crypto space, Bitcoin as, and Ethereum as kind of the the two leaders, just creates. That's why you don't know what the value is, which makes it hard to be a currency you know of use, right? Like the reason that you know separate from put our current inflate put our current inflation numbers aside, right? But like. If you have a dollar, right, and a day, you generally want to know what you can get for that dollar. So yes, right. it feels now that's changing, but like it, it's you know that's why countries that are unstable when they have crazy inflation rates, like you know a billion percent a day, where where one day a dollar means something and the other day you can't buy anything, and so that's why they, you know, that's kind of why people are skeptical of cryptocurrencies because you know as a use for commerce because every day they're not stable. And so, right, so you don't know what you have, really. Be, yeah, yeah. And so, and like, yeah. My understanding is, too, that it's hard to cash it, in a way. Like, there's all these hoops you have to jump through. It's not like you can just go on and pay something with crypto. And it's like you have to log in and do this. It's very complicated. Is that yeah. correct? 
Yeah, so I have so I have a Coinbase account. Yeah, you know, I have invested in both Ethereum and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never I haven't done anything with it. I'm just it's just sitting it's just sitting there. Um, but different um, companies like you know Tesla. I've said you know we you can pay for your Tesla in in and in, in, in Bitcoin. And you know there'll be places where I guess there'll be like Bitcoin ATMs eventually, or maybe there are some. I you know I haven't followed it as, as, as closely, but that's kind of the idea, right? It's kind of hard to necessarily take it and then you know, per- use it to purchase something, right? You know, so it's this weird thing: is it is it a holder? Is it an invest? This is all. The, this is also why like they're having trouble kind of figuring out how to regulate Bitcoin because mm-hmm. is it a currency or is it an asset? That's you know, is it an investment asset? Because yeah, it's trying to be both, just like you wouldn't go to the store and use your mutual fund to buy your know, milk. That, you right. know, but it's trying to be a little <laughs> bit of both right now. And for the NFTs, because I followed that a little bit too, and I saw there was a lot of that at Art Basel, like a lot of these NFT activations and innovations, which is cool. But I still like cannot get my head around it. Like you buy this exclusive piece of art or whatever it may be. But then it's like, how do you enjoy it? Like, how do you see it? It just, it feels so strange because it's not tangible. Like if you buy a proper piece of art and you put it in your wall, you're like, okay, I'm yeah. seeing that. But the NFT, it's like this digital virtual, like. I, it's, I think I only, the way I can put my head around it is like anything that's viewed as something rare and scarce like that. Did you follow the one with the different, I think it was like different versions of like a pig or something like an, a cartoon. I'm going to forget. Yeah. I read about it over the summer and they put out like a thousand. They created and they each had like a different, it was like a comic of some kind or illustration. Oh, of kind. And if you held one, like anything else, like I've got like, like a rare coin or something like that. It's like, you know, it's kind of like how people collect things. And I think it just fits in to this like idea of like what the metaverse and like what that's going to mean and the value of it. But I do think we just have to like anything, you have to understand it, right? If you, if you, I think it's, it's helpful to try to, you know, over time understand it. You have to understand it like right now, like, is it the priority for everybody? Like right now, like all the things we've talked about and for women to understand, I would, you know, Bitcoin's probably not the top on the list, but Mm -hmm. you should, but you should to, to the thing, like along the lines of what we're talking about, don't be afraid of it. And I think like right. what you guys like are saying, ask the question, don't be in the world saying like, assuming that you should just understand Bitcoin or understand blockchain. I've been explained, someone has explained blockchain to me, you know, a hundred times. I still hardly understand it. So I'll still try to ask. But like, if you hear somebody talking about it, do exactly what you're doing, Amy, is like, you know, like explain it to me again. Like I hear I get this or explain it to me again or explain why someone would do it. And I think those are the questions like, Women shouldn't be afraid. Like if you're at, you know, the days when we would go to like parties <laughs> or go out to dinner with friends, like you shouldn't be afraid when you hear people talking about that they bought some Bitcoin, just saying, okay, just explain it to me, explain it like I'm your mom and explain it to me. And, and I think that's the the key thing is to, to ask the questions about it so that depending on where the role that cryptocurrencies, or any of these things play, you're not feel like, oh, well, it's too late to even ask what a, you know, what a cryptocurrency. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast earlier today and someone was talking about crypto and NFT and all that stuff. And they were like, yeah, right now it's kind of like in the bro (laughs) world. It's like a lot of bros are into it. And I'm I'm like, that's That's so true. It is. It is. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty funny. I think it's important to ask those questions, not only with all this innovation, because I I just find it fascinating and it's so hard to wrap my head around, but even the basic stuff like you were saying before, because 
I don't feel like sometimes I even know the basics. So like, I think it's up to us as women and leaders and whatever, just to ask a question and not feel like you're asking a stupid question. Because I think a lot of people, especially me, like I'm uncomfortable with a lot of like numbers and money because I'm not the best math student. So I'm always like insecure about it where with, with other things I could talk all day. So I think it is important to continue to empower all of us to yes, ask a well, question. I Go ahead. completely agree. Numbers, not my strong suit in any way, shape or form. So we were just touching on cryptos and NFTs, which I feel like is very advanced market talk. What, what if we dial it back? Because I'm, I'm curious what some of the trends in the market are that you're seeing. But also, I have had conversations with my husband about understanding why the market is volatile. Why is the stock up now and, and dropping you know, in a week from now? And it goes up and down and up and down. And to really wrap your head around that, and it's I know it, it's, it is as obscure as um, just like supply and demand, or like you said, the instability of the world right now and everything. So what are some 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 things to mention on that to help people better understand watching the market? Yeah. So I think like the first thing is like to try to not have, you know, knee jerk reactions to the market and that understand like, you know, it's, you know, there's the the market is a random walk, but it kind of always goes up right over time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And you have to uh, and you just have to you know recognize that being in the market, you have to have the stomach for, you know, some some ups and downs. But fundamentally, you know, you're investing in businesses. And so you should be, that's, I mean, the market is essentially an, an aggregation of a bunch of businesses and some are well, run well and some are not run as well. And so I think that's to, to one is like, make sure you just have a long-term view of the markets. While it's important to kind of understand, like, so you're not freaking out about, you know, about it, understand that there are, is always going to be your know, volatility, but just understand like over, t- over time, you know, you're, you're, you need to be investing for the long term and investing in, in, th- in businesses that have you know, good fundamentals. You know, I learned that would like, I assumed going into the wealth management industry, like everyone would just be all day long, like looking at the stock <laughs> market, I'm like, how can you be away from your, you know, and that just wasn't the case at all, you know, at all, obviously, like, in March and April 2020, we were watching it very closely and making sure we we're making changes. But like, we don't make, you know, we over time make changes. We move in and out of funds. We change people's allocations depending on things going in their lives. But we're not sitting around all day going in and out of your know, funds and investments, right? Because they're just in it for the, you know, for the long haul. I think that's you know, most important to understand. You know, I think the other thing to understand is. You know, this is exactly what I think you were talking about, Katie, with your husband is like, this is just an, I know I'm waiting to, you know, I, I saw some tweet where it says, will someone let us know when we're back in the precedented <laughs> times? Because we keep saying we're in unprecedented. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, but we are. And I just think we just don't, there's so much that the market just doesn't know how this will play out, what industries will survive. I mean, what industries will, I mean, I think there's, a there's, to, to, to Amy's point, I mean, there is so much innovation that has happened in such a short period of time. And so like what will there's a huge productivity gains that will likely come out of this period because of the technology that has been created because of maybe because of our ability to work, you know, from home to have the infrastructure you know, to be able to work from anywhere even when we do or don't go back to the office. Um, you know, but other industries like, you know, Amy and the hospitality industry, you know, you kind of seeing like, okay, how is this going to, how is this going to play out? What will this mean for business travel? So I think there's some, some long-term impacts that you know, what we're seeing will have on, you know, certain industries, but we just still don't know. And I think you're, you're seeing that. And I think that, 
Um, you know, the combination, I'm not an expert on it, but I just understand that the combination of, um, you know, what's going on with interest rates and, you know, and inflation and, and the Fed's job to control, um, to, 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 to control inflation and, um, and employment, um, you know, the rising, um, you know, the labor shortages, all these things, it's all coming together and we just don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, yeah, I don't know no, if that, to answer your question, does. Katie, I mean, I think the, the last thing I should say is like, as it relates to kind of the basics of what we should be knowing, I think what people and women specifically should know, it ties my other comment is like your investments and your, your financial portfolio needs to really align with your own financial plan. That's other, my takeaway from you kind of, is that like what, like even just, you know, the two of you who are related, you, I imagine you have, um, Katie, I'm just getting to meet you, but I know, you know, Amy, you, you have different, you have, may have totally different plans for yourselves, like for your, for your, for yourselves, for your kids, um, for your, potentially for your aging parents, you might have different ideas of the kind of like philanthropy you might want to do or the travel, or if you want second, you know, have another house or totally live somewhere different in retirement, like all those things. And when you might want to retire, some people are like, you know what, I want to retire at 50. Well, you're going to have a very different plan mm -hmm. than if you are retiring at 65. And so I think that um, it's really important for people to understand, like, as they talk to and learn, it's really about themselves and their families that they're, you know, not necessarily like the whole broad market, but, you know, how does that impact you and the things that you want to, you know, to do with your money? I mean, how can you, would you, how do you, you have the money, you know, what are you saving money for? What are the, what are the ways that you want to use that, that money in the, in the future? Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause I think to people look for like a formula, like what should I be doing exactly? And it's different for everyone. And the ingredients are just different. Some people want one thing, some people want another. So it's really a personal thing. I was, um, wanted to segue into entrepreneurship. We talked about it briefly earlier cause we were talking about our kids being definitely more in the know about finances and investing in all of this stuff, which is amazing. I think one of the things that I think has impacted it too is Shark Tank, because I feel like everyone loves that show and they're so interested in all the investments. My kids watch it all the time. We watch it as a family. And I think it's done such great things for entrepreneurs. But I just wanted to understand, since you've been in that space for so long, and Katie and I are really young entrepreneurs starting this podcast and brand and business. And we're learning as we go, like incorporating and bank, like all this stuff that we didn't have to do before me working. You know, I still work for a big corporate company and Katie working, you know, independent, like we just never had our own company and business. So just want to get your thoughts on what you're seeing in the entrepreneur space or kind of how to, how to think about it and, and what, what you're kind of seeing out there. In that space, yeah. I mean, I think like I like as I just said, I think that this has been you know when you have lifts kind so many changes, and when you also have you know people potentially losing jobs or seeing new opportunities and this great resignation and idea of people, yeah, you just see a flurry of entrepreneurship. I mean, I think like after the Great Recession in in two thousand eight two thousand nine was you know you saw a significant increase in you know, new business starts, and we're definitely seeing that you know as well. Um, and I think you're seeing more um, women start businesses as after kind of post kind of I, I can't even say post pandemic, but pandemic era. Um, 
because of all the things that were people wanting to work from themselves or work for home or just saying like, I, that's not the life I want. I want to go start this. So I think there's going to be, you know, a significant increase in, um, in new business and, and just a lot of, um, catalysts for new, new ideas. Um, there's also a lot of, you know, funding has definitely been, been, has been increased. So I think it's a good time as an entrepreneur to be raising money. Uh, uh, for sure. And I think you've seen an increase in the, uh, at least in uh, our local area of the amount of you know, money flowing into, into startups. Uh, I think, you know, broadly, I guess when you mean like, what else am I, you know, I, I think that there is a huge opportunity. I just think that, I guess I should say, I just think there's a huge opportunity. The more women get into entrepreneurship, the more diverse entrepreneurship entrepreneurs we have, the more ideas that we're going to see out, the things that just haven't been, you know, ideas that just no one has thought of. Like I always think of one of my favorite entrepreneurs when I was at Maryland is a company, two women, three women, um, African-American women who started a company called Aurora Tights. They were figure skaters and gymnasts, and they identified a gap in the market, a whole void in the market because all the tights for figure skaters and gymnasts and dancers um, were for white people. Mm. <laughs> and they had to go so through true. the whole process of dyeing their tights to match their skin color. This wow. extensive yeah. process. And they came together and they like had been in different sports and they created the company to address wow. this problem. Right. And then we go, and like, so I think that's what's really probably, you know, exciting about what's going on in entrepreneurship right now is that people will have more tools to start businesses. They'll feel like, I think they'll feel more comfortable leaving jobs. People have saved money um, to be able to do that. But I just also think there's a whole host of problems, whether it be more like social problems. Um, or problems that identify different groups of consumers that current products and services have not addressed that are out there. And even this podcast is a perfect example, right? Like of just like, hey, let us take, you know, let us focus on health and wellness for women and identify all these amazing entrepreneurs and products that are out there that hasn't been done before. Um, And so I think you guys are a great example of, you know, what's probably going to, what we're going to see more and more of, hopefully, um, you know, as more, you know, women and I think minorities become more engaged in, you know, engaged in the startup world. And like it totally dovetails our, our other conversation and feeling more comfortable with the tools and raising money and going and asking for money and knowing what that means. Shark Tank is, is great from that perspective because people understand more and more the concept of raising money and giving away equity in their company and what that might mean. Um, you know, I don't know if it always right. happens exactly the way it shows on right. Shark Tank, but well, the idea is, that yeah. you're going to go out <laughs> and raise money and what, and be able to answer those questions about well, what's the money going to do? What are you going to use it for? And tell me more of the product. Tell me about how you, how you charge, you know, how many customers do you have and be able to answer those questions. You know, that's like, that is right. the real world. It, it, that, that show really brings it out in the open, whereas before it was all like behind closed doors. You don't really know. And it really teaches you what are the questions and what do you need to be really crisp on? Because you see the people right. that fumble and they don't have yeah. numbers. Uh, the first so time I important. heard the word valuation yeah. Yeah. was watching Shark Tank. You know, it's like you learned all these little things. I wanted right. to ask you as, you know, Amy and I, very, very young entrepreneurs, still like a lot in research and development and everything. But we are talking about raising some money and and 
the littlest, smallest, it could be big, it could be small tip that you have for us going into our first round of raising money? What would you suggest or anything for us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that you know, understanding um, understanding the dynamics of your of the market, and so being able to explain to an investor what essentially how that money will be able to get you from point A to point B, and what the right metric is. So, like, if you guys are trying to get more subscribers, you know, does that mean what? How will the the investment in, uh, impact you know that specific metric, so that the investor has a good sense of yeah, okay, if I invest here, my expectation is hopefully you'll you'll get to here and then we can we can go from there. But your vision for the business and then what the you know the metrics That's are, great. I think yeah, is thank really you. important. Yeah. That's a really good tip. I love that. But happy to, as you guys think about it, happy to, to, yes. to talk to you more. I'm sure we will reach out. And um, the second thing is like in this market particularly, I know you only asked for one, but I'll give you two. Yeah. Just how are you different? Like I think that, you know, understanding particularly as more and more pod, podcasts come online even though I think there's a huge opportunity in, in, in podcasts, but explaining like how you're going to be different and how you'll continue to you know, differentiate yourselves. Yeah. And Katie, Katie and I talk about that all the time because while we have started as a podcast a year in, that's sort of one angle, but really the brands and the company yeah. is Nirvana Sisters and the podcast is an extension of that. So we're trying to think like, okay, once our subscribers are at a point where we feel like we can go broader. What does that mean? And where do we go? So these are all the conversations that we're having. So yeah, we'll definitely be pulling you into more of them. I'd love to get your thoughts. So speaking of podcasts, tell us about your previous podcast. Yeah. So I love, so our podcast was called bootstrapped and it was, we launched it. It was kind of fun because it was launched by um, a, uh, a former student of mine, Oscar Zabeos, who's actually known in the DC area. Um, uh, as Oscar Santana, who's kind of a radio, radio, he's is, been a radio personality, but he um, wanted, he had the idea to launch a podcast company, which he has done, which is now called, I'll give him a plug for Podville Media, um, which is based out of DC. And he felt like myself and my co-faculty member, Joe Bailey, would be good podcast hosts, <laughs> which we did not believe, but <laughs> um, he, we trusted him. And uh, he felt like we had such from the network of the Dingman Center of both of local startups and student startups that we had some really good stories to tell, which, as you guys know, that's kind of a big part of it was the story that you're telling. And so the reason that we called it Bootstrap was because most of the episodes were around funding companies. And so while you know, I kind of look at it as very similar. I don't know if Guy Raz from How I Built This, but that's one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. um, is it was kind of like that. <laughs> He's been a bit more uh, successful than we were at it, but um, you're kind of hearing entrepreneurs' stories and then um, and then hearing how they uh, how they funded their businesses was a big part of it. And you find that most people like you know actually get outside funding for their companies much later than you'd think from watching Shark Tank. Like usually, right. you know, you do do a lot you know to build the company, make a lot of mistakes before you're know, ready to. Um, to go out for for funding, but I think we recorded like fifty five episodes. Um, I think over five five seasons, and it continued a, a little bit after I left. Um, I think, it, but the pandemic made it a lot harder to do because we had we were. Did you enjoy it? Doing it in person, I loved it. I really loved it. I I think it's just I love, and this is why I love to listen to how I built this. I just love hearing entrepreneurial stories. Amy, I think you had mentioned 
that your dry bar is one of your favorites. <laughs> and one of She's that, that, yeah. So I love not a story. Her, obsessive, know, like, her story, like we're interviewing story, her. Like, yes. Like you love seeing like what people do with like, like what Beyonce's done with her brand or with what Paltrow has done. Like that's great. That I those are that. amazing that stuff. I know it's incredible. But when you hear a story about like how somebody had the idea to go to people's houses and thought that they could build a business. Cause you, you told us really like you have a whole business just for people right. to blow dry their hair and to be as big as dry bar is like, that's that You just wouldn't believe it. So I just love hearing how people kind of build their business and how they very uniquely you know, use their experiences and their skill sets, you know, to, to, to put out products that you just wouldn't have, have thought of. And, and you, you, you just, I don't know. The backstories are fascinating. So I love Yeah. Um, how I built this, there's an episode with Allie Webb. It's from years ago where she yep. talks about it, but we're actually interviewing her next week, which is like oh. a total hashtag win for the podcast because wow. as you know, I like admire her for years. And I think, and this is what I'll tell Allie next week too, is that I think because I've always been like a hair person having curly hair and like struggling with it my whole life. And I think when that company came out, um, like the whole idea of entrepreneurship and creative ideas, like it just sparked something in me. Cause before that, I never thought about starting business gap and like nothing, but that spoke to me so well because I was like, Oh my God, that is like, I could have, I could have created that one day. Like it, it yeah. like is right in my wheelhouse in terms of like their marketing and their positioning was or is and was amazing. And like the concept behind it is so simple, but it was such a gap in the market. And that's when it sort of came to me that like, wow, I could identify something that is, doesn't have to be this, like, I, I think back in the day, when you think of entrepreneurs, you think of like starting kind of like financial businesses or, new, or like a new pro- product. I don't know. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Or, right. or, or like builders or like not something related to an area that I love, like well-being and beauty. So yeah. I just, it kind of like sparked. And I love to your point. Um, I love hearing entrepreneur stories. I think it's fascinating um, is the podcast still like, is it still in the Apple store or whatever? Yeah, we yeah. can find it. Okay, still, good. Still, yeah. We'll go yeah. listen to it. I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into more on the personal side because you are just like so fierce. You're such a boss. You're a CEO. You're so balanced. I feel like, I mean, I've known you over the years just for the audience, Alana and I have known each other for, I don't even know, since our kids were little, I think they were in kindergarten yeah, together. Now. Yeah. yeah. And throughout the years we've touched base and I just feel like Alana's one of those like really solid, strong, brilliant, smart, but really balanced. Um, so how do you balance it all? Like kids, work, life, wife, like everything. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, thank you, Amy. Uh, that means a lot. I think, uh, <laughs> I think just there's certain things. It's like prioritize. I will say it's just priorities. Like I do, um, I can, I I think I've, I'm a pretty good multitasker. So I will say that, like, I feel like that's just, you know, some, I feel like I can just juggle a lot of things at, you know, at the same time. Um, I have an amazing (laughs) husband. (laughs) Um, but I really think that like, I do, I do prioritize, I would say I prioritize my, myself as when I can. So I'm a runner. So I try to make sure that I'm, um, I've become a huge Peloton fan. Um, and so I've always taken the time, like whether I'm training for something, like I have taken the time, you know, for myself and kind of put those blocks of things out there for myself before, you know, everyone kind of else takes it from me. Um, and so I think that, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's just for women. It's like we use at the work, we kind of use the analogy of like when you get on the plane and they say, you know, put on your own mask first and then take care of others. Like I think as women, like we just have to put on our own masks first and take care of ourselves. And so like we all do it in different ways. Um, and so, you know, I think sometimes, you know, balance is like all and also the eyes also of the, of the beholder, because not, you know, I think there's times when I look back when I was running around and going to events all around the beltway at night. Like, of course I look back and like, Oh, you know, but I'm, you know, should I have been at home then? And there's that like guilt of like, you know, I wasn't at home or did I miss any events or, you know, for the things for the kids. And so yeah, I think there's, you know, will always be a little bit of that. There's the balance also comes, I think with, you know, some, some trade-offs, but that's just the reality I think for all of us. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I think that like what, and I think Amy, the reason you and I have always connected so well is like, I do think like being, you know, being, you know, working full time, you know, and, you know, ki- kids and taking care of yourself and having outside interests, like whether it's like, a, you know, a, a startup business like you guys are doing or exercise or, um, you know, being interested in, you know, doing, I feel like more people are doing more taking art classes and things like that. Like, um, you know, I just think it takes a, I just think it takes a lot. And I don't, I think that women need to talk about it more. Like, I think, Amy, that's why you and I always feel like, I think women also need to find people they can talk about their business lives with and their home lives with, like, Mm -hmm. is also, you know, something that I think helps you kind of balance also when you have people in your lives that you can kind of share. That's it. I love that point. Yeah. That we're not just totally mothers. We're not just business women wear a, a little bit of everything and to have all of that support in each realm, I think is really important. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. I think like, it's funny. Like I do think as you know, you, I think like women do need each other a lot, you know? And I think like, I think this has been hard. I think for that's been part of my balance is just always having a, you know, a network of people, whether like a mix of a network of people that you grab drinks with or have coffee with or walks with and all different, you know, like all who bring out different parts of you. Like yeah. I'm definitely not one of those people who just has like three friends and those three or four of us do everything together. I've got like people, you know, amazing people in all parts who know kind of different parts yeah. of me. I, I love them. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. And I also, I also felt like over the last two years with all the pandemic stuff, like connecting with women and friends has been more important than ever. Cause you don't have, the access that you normally have. And I felt like I've actually spoken to my friends more and made more of an effort. Like my high school girlfriends, we all have like this group chat and we were always close, but for some reason over the last two years, we started this group chat, which we never had before. And we talk every day. We've Mm -hmm. gone on more trips together. It's just, I think the older you get, like the more things you want to talk about with your girlfriends or have a girl's night or a girl's trip. It's just so, so So moving, moving along, let's get into our quick wrap session. So Alana, what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? I know you talked about Peloton, but what else would you say? Oh God. Um, wellness or I am very into candles. My last mm. couple of years have been like, particularly the pandemic. Like I have one in my office now, um, which I never had before. So like wellness, like I used to think of lighting a candle as like, Oh, just when you're home for a long time. Now, like I have one in my bath, like I try to do that more often. And even when I'm just taking a shower, like I've like something about like the aroma and finding good candles has been, I don't know, 
a, a new a new newer thing for me like versus like oh once in a while I light a candle in the house and on a warm it's, there's something cold, like, like a yeah it's like a ritual I, like that. I, I have one by my bedside and every night that I get into bed I light my candle and it's lit for like an hour while I'm winding down it's I totally agree with that it is mm-hmm. nice I love that okay five minute flow you just got out of the shower dried off. Uber alerted you. They are five minutes away. Like, what is your quick beauty routine? What do you put on to just get out the door and get on that Uber, get into that Uber on time? Oh, um, I feel like, uh, you know, throwing on jeans and a black sweater for me is a, is a quick, is a quick go-to. I'm not (laughs) one to spend, I I need to listen to more of your podcast probably because I'm not like a one to spend too long on, on my makeup. So I, I have the routine already ready for the five minutes. Right. <laughs> that yeah. kind That's of good. Fun. You're efficient. Is my, is and I'm not surprised days. by the way. And a flat, and a flat iron. And the flat <laughs> iron is, is huge. That's key. That's key. Okay. And how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Uh, I would say running, running and exercise is, is, is key. Are you a marathon runner? Um, I've run one ma- marathon and then, um, I'm training, I've done a number of half marathons and I just signed up wow. for one in late March. So I'm training for that. So like, that's awesome. Guys, are you, no. are you a marathon runner? <laughs> Definitely not. I wish I was a runner. No, I'm a walker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always really impressed. <laughs> right. Marathon, marathon walker. I'm very, very impressed by runners. <laughs> well, Alana, thank you so much for your insights on all things financial well-being and empowerment, I've learned a lot. And I think our listeners will really gain a lot of learnings from this. And so just thank you so much for being on the show with us this week. And Katie is going to end with a mantra Yeah, thank you very much, Alana. You taught us so much. And I think this mantra kind of ties into all of these little things that we learned today and how important they can be in the big picture. So this is our mantra. I will achieve great things through small steps. So... There you go. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I love that. Love that. Thank you very That's much. Great. It was great to have you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.